Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. All right, welcome in everybody. Another edition of SC Wild from DNR with the Major Billy Downer with us here on Sports Talk. Great to have the Major with us. If you want to reach him, that phone number triple eight eight nine. And it's that time of year. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five triple eight. Eight nine eight two five two five. You've been working on your duck calling. That was very, very good. Well, you know, it's easy. Oops. Looks like we had a little audio drop out there. So stand by, everybody. That was a terrific duck call by Major Downer there. That was uh, sharp. It was uh, it was breaking. Like if if you were out in the outdoors, you would hear that breaking through the air. That would have that would attract, I think, any duck within about 500 yards. Any duck that hears that major is coming is come a calling oh, yeah. if you if they hear that. Uh, yes, that's easy when you're using a waterfowl company duck call. Those guys out of Sumter, South Carolina, that make that call, uh, give them a little prop tonight. The waterfowl company. It's always nice to give a South Carolina company a little bit of a prop. So sure deal. Yep. So we are we are absolutely bringing in waterfowl season come the 18th is when we're ringing in. We had youth day this past Saturday, um, and this Saturday we'll ring in the first uh, season of uh, for waterfowl this Saturday the 18th, which will be will be called typically the Thanksgiving season the 18th through the 25th, so Thanksgiving week. Uh, and there's a lot of people probably already out there tonight shivering in a boat, <laughs> sitting somewhere trying to hold the hole yeah, over the ducks they found, trying to keep everybody else away from them. But anyway. Three, uh, day, three days uh, in advance? Uh, somebody's probably been out there five, six, seven days in advance. Wow. There's some real hardcore people out there. Oh, yeah. We are, I will say, pound for pound, South Carolina duck hunters are probably some of the hardest hunters out there because we hunt for so little. <laughs> we just have to hunt for so little duck that uh, it, it's we're used to hunting hard. And when you go somewhere else, you won't out-hunt somebody from South Carolina because we have to hunt so hard here. Uh, but anyway, waterfowl season's coming, so want to go through some of the things um, that we usually do when we start waterfowl season. The first thing I'll talk about a little bit is just uh, – where our ducks, as far as duck numbers, look like right now, you know, it's a little early. We haven't really had a lot of cold weather. I uh, have heard of some rain that's been moving into some of the local ponds, as they typically do early. Teal have moved through. Uh, blue wings uh, moved through already. Uh, there are, you know, typical your gadwall, your green wing teal, um, a smattering here and there of, of scop, uh, camas back, uh, you know, a weird pintail here or there. Uh, the coast, of course, getting a bit larger flights in, and as we get further through the year into toward December, we'll see even uh, larger numbers. Um, and wood ducks, you know, it's going to be kind of hard right now. It's been really dry the last uh, few months, and uh, in locally in the Midlands here, it's been almost drought conditions, so swamps are dry, which concentrates wood ducks to water holes if you can find the water. 
but it's just hard to hunt a wood duck in the swamp when the swamp's dry. So that's typically uh, the way you see success with wood ducks. We've had plenty of rainfall, swamps, beaver ponds are flooded, uh, and you get a lot of opportunities for wood ducks. So that's kind of the state of things right now uh, for us uh, across the state. But uh, as far as the season limits this year, uh, the limits this year are still six total. Uh, I'm going to go through this, and, and, and folks that don't know about this, this will seem very boring. Hmm. But to those of us that have been doing this for years, we understand the terminology. Uh, you get six total, including no more than four mallards, of which two can be hens. That's two hens. Uh, two green heads, two hens, or four green heads. Um, you can have three wood ducks. Uh, you can have two of the following, redheads, scoff, um, two per day, uh, November 11th and 18th through 25th, uh, December 12th through 22nd. So uh, through the 22nd of December, scoff, the limit's two. After that, it's going to go back to one, and that's just because the numbers are so low on scoff. A little confusing, but right now, open season comes in, you can kill two scoff. Canvas packs, one, you know, you can kill two of the following. You can kill two canvas packs this year, uh, one pintail, one fullless whistling duck, or one black-bellied whistling duck. Black ducks and model ducks are, are in the table below. When you go into the rules and regs, you know, black ducks for areas east and south of Interstate 95, one black or one model duck in the total bag. Uh, for areas west and north of I-95, two black ducks or one black duck and one model duck. Now, West and north of 95, you're not going to see a model duck probably to begin with. Mm. Uh, the model ducks are a coastal bird, and the reason we try to limit you to one and one on the coast is so that folks won't take too many. So it's one black duck uh, and a model duck, uh, no more than um, one of each of those or one of the other. Uh, but you can have one in, both of one black and one model duck. It's a little bit different. Uh, so a complete bag limit, you could have four mallards which could include two greenheads, two hens, one black duck, and one model duck in a six-gun limit. Mm. Um, you, you, you could see that, uh, which is uh, used not to be the case for many years. Folks can remember when the four mallard limit also included one brown duck, which included a model duck or black duck. So um, we've, we've graduated from that, and we really trust people to, to know how to identify those birds better. Uh, model ducks, hens, a uh, hen mallard, and a black duck all are similar to the undiscerning eye, but to a good waterfowler, it's pretty easy to tell the difference. Black ducks are very dark. I call them a very chocolate. Almost, we call them black because in the air they look very dark. They have a lot of chocolate in their feathers, a deep chocolate to the main body of the feather. Uh, and then your model ducks have the light touches around it. They are darker than a hen mallard, and they have a really light head. Um, uh, they do have you know, typically your orange feet, uh, and they'll have a yellow bill or a yellow model bill uh, where a mallard hen will have an orange bill. So those are the differences you'll see right off the bat between model duck, black duck, and, and, and hen mallards. But those are the things that have befuddled many a waterfowler throughout the years in their trying to determine what, you know, what to shoot, what not to shoot. And so many people choose not to duck hunt because they can't figure out the difference in the species. Of course, six total, you could kill six widgeon, you can kill six gadwall, you can kill six teal um, if, if you happen upon them. So those are the birds, you can kill six. One um, change of note, 
particularly in the Midlands of South Carolina, a few hundred around Lake Marion and Clarendon County for years. As far back as I can remember, you could not shoot geese uh, during the regular waterfowl season. The only time that you could shoot geese was during the early season, the special goose season in September. That has changed. If you look in the rules and regs, you're not going to find the exclusion zone that used to be there. Uh, we have went from excluding the whole county, anything around Lake Marion, to just a section of Clarendon County, and now that complete exclusion zone is gone. So if you're hunting on Lake Marion, in and around Lake Marion, on Rim and I, there is no exclusion zone. Uh, limits do apply to Canada geese. Uh, the standard uh, limits five per day. So a Canada goose uh, is uh, able to be taken this year in the Rimini area around Lake Marion. There is no exclusion zone, so that is a change. And if you look for it, you just won't find it, which is uh, one of the things sometimes it's hard to tell if you're looking for a change when you can't see anything. The exclusion zones were removed, and it's not there anymore, so because it's not there, it's not illegal. So uh, that's a major change for waterfowlers in the Lake Marion uh, Moultrie area uh, there. So moving forward, as we prepare for duck season, you know, the things we need to talk about as far as license requirements, right? Sure, remember, you have to have several different types of licenses. Your state hunting license, first and foremost. Your migratory bird permit, the HIP program, Harvest Information Program, the migratory bird pro permit, which is different from the migratory waterfowl permit. Migratory bird permit's free. It's where you answer the series of questions. How many doves did you shoot last year? How many ducks? How many geese? How many coots? Uh, those questions there. Uh, that's free. Then you have to have your migratory waterfowl permit. That's the state, what we used to call the old state duck stamp. Um, and you have to have that. And then in addition to that, you have to have your federal waterfowl stamp. Now, all of these can be purchased online. I remember the days when everybody would be rushing to the post office to try to find the federal duck stamp, and the different post offices would run out, inevitably, especially smaller towns. They'd run out of duck stamps, and people would be freaking out. Well, we live in a, a new world today. You can go online, and you can purchase your federal duck stamp through the DNR app. Going to, you know, remember, you know, you can go to Go Outdoors SC, Go Outdoors SC, uh, and you can download that app on your phone. You can load your license up, and you can order everything you need right there on your phone, including the electronic federal waterfowl stamp endorsement. Now, when you buy the electronic waterfowl stamp, first thing everybody wants to know is what do I find? When you buy the electronic waterfowl stamp, you get to put the date it begins, and you have 45 days it's good for. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, when you put the date it's going to start, that's when it starts. You have 45 days. So it's good for 45 days electronically, technically. They have a month and a half to mail you the stamp. After 45 days, you're supposed to have the stamp, sign it across the face like we always have, and fix that to your license. Um, we are quickly moving to an electronic stage. Our officers now are looking electronically on your phone. Uh, when I was working dove season this year, I, I mentioned that in an earlier show that I was starting to see people would hand me their phone and they'd show me their license on the phone, and that's completely fine. And that electronic waterfowl stamp, we will accept. If you, we see that electronic waterfowl stamp, as long as you part it before that day, you know, for the moment we can check you, um, you're in good shape. Uh, so, you know, in that electronic age, you can buy it the morning you go duck hunting. It's okay. That morning before you go, you can do all your licenses right there. Uh, the days when you get out in the boat and you go, oh, my gosh, I might have forgot this. 
you on your phone and you can get that that license uh, right then and there before the before the sun even comes up. So those are things to think about in the modern age we're in uh, electronically. That's what we're where we've moved to. So all these things you have to purchase license wise can be actually purchased on your phone, or you can go to Walmart or to your local sporting goods store as you always have to our license vendors and purchase a license there. And they may have a federal waterfowl stamp to say you're right there, but you can still order it electronically at the vendor at Walmart as well. So those are things to keep in mind. Again, the federal waterfowl stamp is good for 45 days. When you get that physical stamp in the mail, you sign it and affix it to your license. So those are license requirements. When it comes to shooting ducks, the other rules that apply, remember, you cannot take waterfowl over bait, bait is anything that is can be construed as food or any type of uh, foodstuffs, corn, wheat, anything that ducks would eat. You, you can't shoot ducks or a bait. Now, people go, well, how in the world is shooting in a duck pond that's planted corn flooded not bait? Well, because the federal law actually allows for agricultural crops to be flooded. Not manipulated, but flooded. As long as they're flooded, and the crops are standing and have not been bothered, you're in good shape. You can hunt that field all you want. Uh, just like you've been hunting rice fields forever uh, on the coast or rice fields in Arkansas or wherever uh, that have been, you know, properly, you know, as far as been harvested, then they flood them. That's also fine as long as it was a natural, a normal harvest practice. So uh, those are some of the rules we get into that get real sticky. But as far as hunting, you know, your gun. If it's double barrel, double barrel, over and under, you're good to go. Side by side, you're good to go. No worries there. But if you have a pump or semi-automatic shotgun, uh, you must have a gun that's incapable of holding more than three shells. That means that there must be a plug in the ma in the magazine to hold to prevent that gun from holding more than three shells at one time. One in the chamber and two underneath, as we like to say. Uh, Underneath, as long as that gun will not carry more than two normal length shells, you're in good shape. If it'll take a third shell, we got a problem. That's called shooting hunting ducks without a plug or with an improper plug. So make sure your gun is properly plugged so it cannot contain more than three shells. Speaking of shells, non-toxic shot is mandatory. Used to be we used to say steel shot, but there's so many producers out there that are approved by the federal government to produce what's called non-toxic shot because, again, boy, now it's 40 years ago, they determined that uh, you know, lead shot was causing uh, death in ducks or ingesting it. Uh, there was so much lead shot on, in fields and in the water that birds would ingest that lead shot and they were dying from lead poisoning. So they took lead out uh, and made us use, start using steel shot. Steel, steel actually is lighter than lead. So it's actually faster. It has really fast loads. There's some loads today that boast 1,550 feet per second, so really fast loads out there. Uh, but you can have steel. You can have bismuth. You can have uh, tungsten. Uh, tungsten. There's a couple of different varieties out there that are all um, um, approved by U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, a couple of really cool loads. Uh, there's one here in South Carolina actually made uh, that I saw today that was really cool. I, I did not know that Migra ammunition is made right here in South Carolina. They've got some really cool loads. They do what's called a stacks load. 
where they combine two different size shot, like a two and a four together. So a smaller shot like four and a larger shot like two together, which really makes a nice, uh, a nice pattern. They make that in 20 gauge. They make that in 12 gauge. Uh, of course, you know, Miger's a, a little more expensive shell, but I don't know what isn't anymore. Uh, shells, a, 20, a box 25 shells may cost you $30 anymore and up. Uh, so folks pay $40, $50 for 10 turkey shells. So I don't know why you wouldn't worry about paying $30 for 25 mm. for ducks, but, uh, but that's some of the cost you pay uh, to play the game. But uh, Miger shells here in South Carolina, very good shell. Uh, but anyway, any non-toxic shell. So beyond that, also, you know, just making sure your shooting times. You cannot shoot before, 30 minutes before sunrise. It's 30 minutes before sunrise, official sunrise until sunset. So 30 minutes before sunrise until sunset. That doesn't mean 45 minutes before sunrise. I don't care what MS does around you. You wait until 30 minutes before because I can tell you, People get charged for shooting 15 minutes early. That's too early. Um, and it's just an unfair advantage, and it's too dark. People can't identify. The reason for that is people can't identify the birds. So you want to make sure you got enough light to be able to identify birds. And even at 30 minutes prior, sometimes it can be difficult. So pick your shots. I used to always tell people when I was guiding them, take one shot at a time, particularly first light. When you get that first flight of ducks, if you're in a waterfowl, a big pond or on the lake, and you get a flight of ducks in, shoot one at a time unless you're absolutely sure what you're shooting at uh, because you never know what may fall if you shoot twice. You could shoot two hens back in the day when you can only shoot one hen, Mallard. So uh, those are the things you had to watch out for. But shooting time again, 30 minutes before sunrise until official sunset. So, again, to recap the main rules, gun must be properly plugged. You have a license, properly licensed. Your gun must be plugged. You have to have shells that are non-toxic and approved by the Fish and Wildlife Service. And you have to have it, make sure you shoot between the right times and, of course, not shooting anywhere that is baited. Many people used to take corn and pour out in the swamp and go hunt, which would gather ducks and con concentrate them, and that made an unfair advantage for you to shoot too many. Uh, so that's why it's illegal to bait. Now, a lot of folks have a problem with the planted ponds because they feel like that's legal baiting. Well, that's a whole other topic for another day. But a lot of ponds are out there planted are providing great habitat uh, and feeding ground for waterfowl that are wintering here in South Carolina that not only go to that pond, but also go to the lake where our public can shoot. So it's great we have all this great habitat around us that's been built in the last 20 years that has really made a South Carolina a great holdover for a lot of ducks, a lot more than we've had in a long time. Um, so... Those are the things to think about as we go into waterfowl season here. Um, again, I can't get out of the show without talking about safety for a brief minute. So before we end up tonight, Phil, let's just remind folks, when you're duck hunting, most of the time you're going to be standing in a blind or in tight quarters in a boat. Make sure that you identify the areas in which it's safely to shoot, safe to shoot. We call them fields. You identify your zone of fire. Uh, that zone of fire is the area in which you can safely shoot. If you're on the left side of the boat, you can shoot straight out in front of you and to your left like a clock around 9 you know, to 9 o'clock, maybe 8 o'clock. If you're on the right side of the boat, you can shoot from 12 o'clock all the way around to 3, 4, 5 o'clock maybe. But, uh, yeah, so it's like a clock. You can shoot out in front of you and to the left and out in front of you and to the right on the right side. 
if you start shooting across your neighbor, that's when we have problems. When people swing on ducks and get target focused, we've had people a uh, long time ago, some really bad actions where people have swung the gun and pulled the trigger on the buddy next to them. So make sure you stay in your zone of fire. If you're hunting with dogs, make sure your guns are out of the way of the dog. We've had dogs step on guns and guns go off mm. and people get hurt. You know, don't lay your gun in the bottom of the boat. Make sure you got a good gun rest, even a duck blind. Make sure you got a good gun rest, a knot, something, so that gun won't slide down and go off on your neighbor's foot next to you. Again, in duck blind, same thing, tight quarters. Choose your zone of fire. Know where it's your area to safely shoot. Don't shoot outside of it. Distances. Here's one of those. It's not, there's not a law on any of this I'm talking about now. These aren't laws. This is what we call ethics. When you're on the lake, remember where everybody else is hunting around you. Don't get too close to somebody else. Don't get 100 yards from somebody. You know, shot will travel easily 200 yards. At the right angle, it's going to go 200 yards. So minimum distance from someone else, at least 200 yards. Uh, don't shoot towards somebody else. I've had it happen myself. You're shooting out there in the water. You shoot, especially with some of these non-toxic loads. The the uh, the pellets aren't exactly perfectly rounded. They'll scatter out a little bit and fly off. So you don't shoot even in the direction towards someone else. Uh, in these duck ponds, make sure you identify where the other blinds are so you don't swing on another blind and scatter them a shot. That's just one of those no-nos. Make sure you know where everybody else is hanging around you. Determine your safe zone of fire and stay within it. You know, we talk about dove field safe zone of fire up and down. You, know, you don't want to ground swat birds on the water if you can help it. Um, you know, if people do it, when you get a duck down, you want to make sure you, you take that duck down and you put it down. You want to make sure it's, it's not swimming off. Um, you know, some people make those shots. But remember, when you shoot across the water, that shot can ricochet. And there's dogs out there. If you hunt with a dog like I do, you want to make a dog guy mad, shoot on the water when there's dogs in the water. They'll get very upset with you. So just be careful and think through what you're doing. Again, know your zone of fire. Stay within it. We want everybody to have an enjoyable waterfowl season, a great opener on Saturday. We want you to come home, enjoy Thanksgiving next week, so you can go out and hunt again. Those are wise, so those are our wise tips. words. Yes, sir. Outsta- now, we won't talk to you again before Thanksgiving in our last minute. Tell everybody – your favorite injection uh, sauce, your favorite injection fluid for uh, deep frying those turkeys, what what you like to use? You know, everybody argues over that. What's the best injectable? I, I always like the Creole butter. The Cajun injectable Creole butter is always a fan favorite for turkeys, uh, for any uh, table bird fare. Uh, so the Cajun injectable, and you can find that pretty much every store yep. throughout South Carolina, from the Piggly Wiggly to the Publix. All right, real quick, to the Harris Teeter. Where, at what point during the fry do you inject, or do you inject prior to dropping? Inject prior to dropping, always. Okay. Not afterwards, always, so that, that juice gets heated up with that turkey too. Huh. You wouldn't want to put that raw juice in there afterwards. You want to inject before yeah. you fry. And the biggest secret about frying is you don't want to take the turkey out too early and then have to put it back in. When you pull it out, you want it to come out to maintain that juicy texture, pull it out at the right moment. Time is everything. You got that right. Major, Grandpa, thank you. I know you're excited about having uh, your first Thanksgiving with your new little one. Absolutely. We'll have a lot of fun. 
Christmas is just around the corner, so Grandpa's already thinking about all the big presents he can buy. <laughs> I love it. Major, thank you so much. That was great stuff. I hope people learned uh, a little or a lot from everything you had to say. You were well-versed in that, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks, sir. Same to y'all. Appreciate you. Major Billy Downer, who, for those who don't know, a couple of weeks ago became a granddad for the first time. So we love calling him Grandpa. That's going to do it. And thank you, Pat Daniel. Uh, For those of you listening to us on our stream, I'd like to report that we have eradicated our audio issues. And hopefully moving forward, uh, you'll find a much cleaner and uh, consistent audio stream from us. So thank you, Pat, for working on that. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow here on Sports Talk.